today. Minneapolis burns as looters destroy the city. Governor Cuomo signs an executive order mandating masks. And uh, Fauci calls them symbolic at the same time that that's happening. Oh, and also President Trump is to sign an executive order pertaining to social media companies. Sounds like we've got a lot to get into here at the table. And it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by Newsmax host Grant Stinchfield, host of the Saturday Report. Thank you, Sarah. Which I should be joining you, I believe, yes, this, this weekend. weekend. Yes, this so, weekend. Yes, we're excited to have you on. Yeah, I'm excited to be there. Uh, we've also got Blaze TV contributor Josh Hammer back in the building. The pleasure's always mine, Yes, Sarah. thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yakubuyans, host of the Yakubuyans show. It's an original title. I don't know where you, <laughs> where you got the name from. Everybody can't be the News and Why It Matters. <laughs> Only be one of those. <laughs> I know. Every time I, I'll, t- I'll tell them the name of the show. Uh, well, what's the name of your show? The News and Why It Matters. They're like, uh, the, uh, what? What? Did, you just kept going there. You, you just kept talking. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't make that. But name. when people know the show and they hear that name, everybody knows it. It's true. It it's is true. Uh, <laughs> it all right. We, <laughs> we have got uh, a lot to get into since we left the show yesterday. So yesterday we did have, I had a great conversation at the roundtable uh, about what happened to George Floyd. Um, and so I, for those of you who missed it, I'm sure that you haven't missed what happened in Minneapolis. A police officer killed, I, I think I can, I can safely say killed, uh, George Floyd. Can I say killed, Josh? You're the lawyer. Can uh, I say that? I would not advise you against it. Okay, okay. Uh, so, you know, he, he, we saw him kneeling on the neck. Uh, George Floyd stayed there for over four minutes. And then they pulled his lifeless body onto a stretcher. Of course, they were arresting him. Uh, Multiple angles show him. From what I could see, he was not resisting arrest. Uh, And now in response to that in Minneapolis, there are just riots. They're setting things on fire. Uh, There are looters. I think we have some some video of people uh, looting from Target. So they're just carrying out TVs. Uh, There they are just walking out, taking taking whatever they can. Uh, It is quite a sight to see. Um, There were also some, uh, they were, they just went to town on the self-checkout registers. They're just, they're just hammering them, just breaking them, just to break them. I know we've got uh, a video of that as well. Um, If we could play that. This is literally the craziest stuff I've ever seen right now. This is Target right now. And that's not all. Uh, The third precinct in Minneapolis, the Minneapolis Police Department, was destroyed uh, by rioters. They were throwing rocks into the windows. If you can see here, if you're watching on a Blaze TV or on a streaming, there's a giant rock being thrown into the windows. Uh, Part of the building has already been boarded up. They've already had to board it up. But uh, the police actually had to withdraw from several locations in the city because the looters had taken over the protest. And gentlemen, I do want to get your thoughts. But just to add to the conversation, uh, another kind of uh, uh, facet here, just to, to see the violence that's taking place. Um, here is a very short clip of a disabled woman in a wheelchair being attacked by rioters, by looters, not really sure of the rhyme or reason. I'm not sure that the rioters are even sure of the rhyme or reason of why they're attacking this woman, but they are attacking her anyway. Watch. Move. 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 
Now, um, the discussion we had yesterday, gentlemen, was, uh, you know, we were, it was very clear that what happened to George Floyd <clears throat> was not okay, was not acceptable. And, you know, um, I know all, all four police officers have been uh, fired and FBI, state law enforcement, President Trump, you know, everyone's <clears throat> looking into it at this point. And it, it looks like it will be dealt with accordingly. And where we were all in agreement that it should be. However, you see this violence happening. You see the looting taking place. You see all of these things that are happening in Minneapolis right now. And my question is, what in the hell is this going to solve? It's not going to solve a damn thing. And in fact, it shows you that when things like this happen, the worst of, of America comes out, and it is sad. Um, this is an excuse, and you see it over and over again. It's an excuse to steal stuff. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's an excuse to break stuff. What did Target have anything to do with the death of, of George Floyd? Absolutely nothing. The Minneapolis Police Department, they're destroying. Those police are the same police that are going in there and protecting these neighborhoods. Now, look, every police officer I've spoken with, and, and again, I'm not a police officer, but I've trained an awful lot with them. There's nobody that supports what happened there. He was in custody. So what the left is now trying to do is make a controversy out of something that is not controversial. This story is not controversial. Mm -hmm. It's bad. It's a travesty. It's a tragedy. But everybody from those on the left to those on the right are in agreement. This should never have happened. And, and justice has to be served in this case. But I think the problem, Grant, is that there is some controversy over the story and whether or not the narrative should be white police officer murders black unarmed man. So, so and that's the I think that's the issue here. I don't know whether the police officer is racist. I don't know whether he was angry. I, I don't know any of that. Let the investigation play that out. I don't jump to conclusions on that. What I do know, I don't care if he tried to kill these police officers. Once you are in custody, once you are subdued, once you are no longer a threat to police, there is absolutely zero reason to ever die in custody of the government. Yeah. Ever. And so this, where does this move the social conversation? Burning down an auto zone? Now, I guarantee you there are people in those people's community that work in that auto zone that were now probably out of a job for three months during, yep. during the yep. coronavirus, Chinese virus crisis. Mm -hmm. Now they can't go back to work again. This is ridiculous. It's selfish people who are hell-bent on violence and thievery. Yeah, Josh. So, you know, Sarah, look, uh, I'm, I'm a law and order kind of guy. I, I, I'm a law enforcement pro-police person. Um, I've, I think everyone at this yeah, table I, is, I, I, to over, a great degree. Over and over again, I've defended the police when they need to be defended. I've opposed so-called criminal justice reform. I call it jailbreak. I've mm -hmm. scathingly opposed New York's bail reform laws and things of that nature. Um, when I was a federal law clerk on the U.S. Court of Appeals for, for the Fifth Circuit, I saw a lot of uh, co-clerks from other chambers and other judges who were very anti-cop, and I took pride in, in standing for the cops when they, when they deserved to be, to, to be stood for. Um, even someone of my priors mm -hmm. can look at what happened to George Floyd and say this is unambiguously wrong. Yeah. Um, and everyone, as you mentioned, is looking into it. Um, so kudos to them. Um, having said that, um, what we just saw in that video is why the police is so important. Yeah. That, the, the thin blue line is ultimately what separates a civilized society from anarchy. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that, we saw in the video, that this is anarchy. This is mm -hmm. savage anarchy. 
Um, this is, you know, I, I feel like every podcast I come on with you now, Sarah, we're like, this is not America. This is not the America that I lived in. Like, our religious yeah. liberties being trampled on, uh, you know, like the, the virtue signaling in Staten Island with the face mask and everything. Um, this is not America either. Um, and, like, obviously, uh, like, protests, you know, in the 1960s, there were all sorts of violent protests. So historically speaking, obviously, there have been um, any number of occasions that look like this horrifying video. Um, but this is a horrible, horrible, horrible example to set, for, to Grant's point. It does not accomplish anything whatsoever. Whatsoever. Um, and, you know, again, those of us who are generally pro-police, we're pro-police for this reason, because when you at the most fundamental, most basic level, go back to like Locke and Hobbes and all like the 17th century Enlightenment thinkers, when you form a social contract, when you form government, it is to prevent you in Hobbes' Leviathan, to prevent you from anarchy, to prevent you from, from this sort of savage looting and rioting that we see in that video right there. Um, so two things can be true at once. What happened to George Floyd is unambiguously wrong, and this response is also unambiguously wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think what we're saying, I 100% agree with you. We, I think we all stand with law enforcement, and for sure this is an, you know, a disgusting act. But the, but the response is so important because it's the response that people are going to remember more than the act at this point. You, you're dishonoring the man that lost his life with this. There's no way he's being honored through this, right? Plus, you're breaking the law. Mm-hmm. Two wrongs never make a right. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't add up. And I'm standing with you on this. These are people that I say go through life looking for a reason to lash out. There is an underlying hatred in our country that's not addressed I'm telling you, we're not addressing it. And anything, any little straw breaks the camel's back, such as this. And sure, we've had an onslaught now of these kinds of situations. We remember the jogger recently. You know, we had it on your show. And I, I get the frustration, right? But without law and order, <clears throat> we're becoming Central Africa. Mm-hmm. It's like fend for yourself. It becomes animalistic behavior. You can't, this is not the United States. And, and having lived over there, I can tell you this looks a lot like that. Yeah. That's what anarchy, third world country anarchy looks like. Is this, this is like the L.A. riots. Right. Yeah. Which uh, and by the way, L.A. is rioting uh, again because of all of this. People all the way over in L.A. Uh, are rioting. You can see uh, videos of that all over the Internet. But I guess I, I think my question um, to you, Yaku, in response to that is how much responsibility do you think that the media has in pushing this narrative that everything is white versus black and that, you know, black, uh, black people in America have a, a, a reason, you know, they're, they're standing up for their, for their race because they see all of this racial injustice going on and they have to take matters into their own hands and be heard. I mean, obviously the media isn't sitting there at their, you know, nightly newscast saying, hey guys, go loot, loot stores. But... How much responsibility do you think they have in in making these people feel emboldened to go perform these actions? Huge. They're hugely responsible. They're hugely responsible on many levels, carrying the narrative, promoting the narrative. The whole race tension in our country, again, I'm from South Africa, one of the most racially tensioned. So I know the role media can play in perpetuating Mm. a narrative, right? And remember, racism is taught. Mm. It's taught. Now, you got to think about the next generation, the five, six, ten-year-old young boy. That's the, media is telling them, hey, you should really be one side or the other. And we're working towards equality in this country. So for, for me, mm-hmm. speaking for myself, media is hugely responsible for, for the same thing we do when there's a mass shooter. We give that guy, we glorify the guy. Yeah. yeah. 
even more so. So every nut job out there all of a sudden goes, okay, this is my legacy, right? Media is very responsible. We're very irresponsible with media in this country. You know, a family member of mine called me and he said, hey, do you understand this is spilling over in South Africa at the moment? He said, enemy of the state, number one in the United States is CNN, what they tell me. I said, why? He said, because you should hear what they're saying. You know, so I think the media is very responsible. The media loves to play this out. As someone worked in mainstream television for a long time, they love to play this out as their own little Hollywood script. Yeah. And it's sensationalistic, and you got fires, and you got violence, and you got everything, and then you add race into the mix. Look, it's a black man, a white police officer. Doesn't get any, any worse than that when you want to talk about race in this country. But I would argue, I don't think those rioters, which is what they are on NBC now, has banned the use of using the term riot when covering this story. Oh, no, I yes. haven't heard that. saw that on the Daily Caller. What do they call them if they're not you know, Good question. I have no idea. Protests? I call them probably. thugs, and I'm sure they'll get mad at me for calling them thugs. But how else do you describe anybody? I don't care what color you are. Right. You go in and you throw rocks into the police department. And, it's illegal. And you it's set illegal. AutoZone on fire. So I would argue that those people are so selfish, I don't think they give a rat's ass about the man who died. And and all they want to do is go out there and and steal and thieve. And, you know, each year, and I was very big and, and we were strong on this when I was working at the NRA. You have kids in Chicago dying every day. Black on black crime typically the, the, the crime in America and the murders of young black men is so out of control. Where are the protesters for those young boys? Mm. Where? Yeah. They're nowhere to be found. But this, because it's your point that plaster them on a TV station, well then, hey, they want to get in front of the cameras. And by the way, the liberal policies, Minneapolis is one of them. There's no cops around to be found to stop them from doing this. I promise you, we live in the city of Dallas. That would not happen in this city. You would have cops saying, no. You're not going into Target and doing this. We're protecting the cops. You said they put their hands up in the air and said, no way. Yeah. 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 Josh, last word on this. Yeah. So just two things come to mind immediately. Um, this is obviously rank opportunism. Um, and you, know, you mentioned the Chicago, the black and black violence there. I mean, the analogy that comes to my mind is I, th- I think about what's happening in the Middle East. And, you know, over the entire course of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, there's been it's fewer than 20 or 25,000 Palestinians who have died. Uh, obviously, every innocent death is atrocious. Mm-hmm. A lot of those are terrorists. But the innocent deaths are oh, here. They're never atrocious. But where were those some? Where are those same people talking about Bashar al-Assad killing five to six hundred thousand people over like a fraction of the time frame over the past decade? They're nowhere because all they care about is they choose to get angry about the stuff that plays well for the narrative, plays well for the cameras, plays well for the irresponsible media and CNN and all of that. Um, the other thing that you mentioned the L.A. riots. You know, whenever I see footage like this, as horrifying it is. I, and I'm so happy you mentioned the, the NRA. I'm reminded as to why I stand for the Second Amendment so loudly and unequivocally. It is, it, it is anarchic shutdowns where law enforcement is nowhere to be found. Either they're cowed away or they're, um, you know, they physically can't be there or the threat to, to their own safety is too high. For whatever reason, that is ultimately why you have your God-given right for self-defense, mm-hmm. yes. um, to take matters into your own hands if need be. It's the L.A. riots. It's the post-Hurricane Katrina looting and anarchy. And it's situations like this in Minneapolis to why we should always, always, always fight for and cherish a right to self-defense. Look, I've got a fleet of nine 18-wheelers, nine of them. If they started rioting in Dallas and they want to ruin my trucks that I've invested everything I own in my life, everything is in those trucks, you better believe I would stand in front of them and defend them with my firearms, my property. I would defend them just like, Yaku, you and I were talking about the Mm -hmm. Koreans in L.A. during the riots, Rodney King riots. They stood outside of a shopping mall, and there's a great documentary about these Koreans with guns that defended their strip center, and uh, nobody burned those places down. Within their legal rights. Within their rights, absolutely. Yeah. All right, we've got much more coming up next. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Home Title Lock. So uh, your home? 
is most likely your most valuable asset that you have. Maybe it's your retirement nest egg. You've got a bunch of equity in there. Uh, So imagine for a second losing your home to some online scammer. Yeah. So just like that, in an instant, you got no place to live. You've lost your security, your, you know, your retirement nest egg, and it's not yours anymore. So the FBI actually calls this crime. It's home title theft. The FBI calls it one of the fastest growing crimes in America right now. That is why home title lock exists. Uh, Home title protects your uh, your title which is now stored online, by the way, which is how the online hackers get to it. Everything's stored online now. So Home Title Lock protects your home's online title where thieves can find it and forge your signature on a quick claim deed. And then it looks like they, you know, you you sold your home, but you really didn't. And then they can borrow against it, uh, leave you with the payments, or they can just outright sell your house right from under you. And by the way, no bank covers you. Insurance programs don't cover you. Identity theft programs do not cover this. The only way that I know to avoid all of this entirely is to use Home Title Lock. You can go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address to see if you are already a victim. You're not going to know it until it's too late unless you go to HomeTitleLock.com. Use promo code Y, that's W-H-Y. You will get 30 free days of protection to help you through this crisis if you are uh, one of the unfortunate ones who have already been a victim of this you're not going to know, though, until you go to HomeTitleLock.com. That is HomeTitleLock.com, promo code Y. Before we move on to a different topic, I do want to bring up another aspect of what's going on in Minneapolis, which is um, just who these people, these rioters yeah, I said rioters, Grant. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> and these, you should. I don't know how rioters. else to describe them. Who these rioters are targeting. Uh, reporter Karen Scullin, she is a local reporter in Minneapolis. She was actually at the scene, and she said that protesters were destroying a car that said Trump on it. Uh, the driver was out, like, walking around, I believe, away from the car. And um, he, his vehicle got smashed up. Uh, he got beaten up, and he had to drive off with people still throwing things at his car. So, presumably, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the key there was that he had Trump on his car. I'm not sure why else he would have been targeted. Um, but now you've got people who are turning this into a political thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you look at at how far we've stretched this now, we've stretched the narrative. Yesterday, we we showed a a very, I guess we didn't play the clip because it's very disturbing, but we showed a a picture of what happened. And it's like, what in this situation led you to believe that this was in any way uh, some sort of political or racial, you know, politically motivated or racially motivated uh, injustice that happened? I mean, aren't there allowed to just be Bad people, bad cops. Right. What, what what do we have to suggest that that this was politically motivated? Now we've got again Trump supporters being targeted, and I don't mean to make the you know I don't mean to make Trump supporters out to be victims. I'm not saying everyone is, but you know you we've seen it in the last three years. You people wear red hats and they get the the tar beat out of them. Now we're seeing it again, but over something completely unrelated. I, I guess. I don't really know what question I have other than is everyone insane? Well, they're taking their cues from liberal leaders who are constantly pushing this narrative that all conservatives are bad. And especially if you voted for President Trump, then you're really bad. Trump is the president, uh, the white supremacist president. Uh, Of course, Maxine Waters came out and said President Trump is responsible for this death. 
Now, President Trump's in Washington, D.C. Yeah. How in the world is he responsible for this death? But this is what they do. And I would also argue that the people who are bashing the Trump car probably know nothing about politics. The only thing they've ever heard is that Trump is bad, and they probably still think Obama is good because they don't know anything about politics, anybody else besides President Obama. And so they see Trump, and they'll destroy. They were hungry to destroy stuff. Anyway. Right. Anyway, because they. Anyway, it's this way undergirded they hatred. There is a brewing mm-hmm. hatred, and it takes a little match, right, to light it. They're going to lump these things in together, white versus black. They're going to play that narrative, and it's mm-hmm. going to extend. And this is what they're saying: If you're for Trump, you're for police. Right. So you're bad at, at all costs, at all costs. Right. You're, you're not allowed costs, right? to call out. So the they bad can't ones. be a bad cop. And we all agree mm-hmm. this guy needs to pay. I actually mm-hmm. told you before the show, not mm-hmm. just the guy on his neck. Two other guys yeah, sat on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All four of them. The one filming it. Why are you filming and not doing something? So, so we all but they will lump it in, throw the baby out with the bathwater, because what you're seeing, Sarah, is all emotion. There's no left brain cognitive process at action here, right? Mm-hmm. It's all emotion, right? And you know, we've, we have young children. You let a young child run of emotion, it's anarchy. And that's mm-hmm. what you're seeing. But, they, but the media loves it, to, to your point, because of ratings. It pushes ratings. No, that's absolutely right. You know, you know what this brings me back to? It brings me back to, I, and I, I keep on fixating upon this because it was just so jarring. It brings me back to the Joe Biden comment about, about the Charlemagne thing. Mm-hmm. And the way I connect those two points and the broader trend here is there is a broader diminution in America of individual agency, of individual moral autonomy, and of the ability to look at discrete, ad hoc, case-by-case human beings as just a human being. Not every story has like a massive, global, universal narrative. Oftentimes, we look at a, a, a scenario, and um, it, 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 that's all it is. It's just a one, it's a one person interacting with one person. In the Biden example, not every black person has to freaking fall in line over the same part. That is, not only is that racist, but you're, that's not America. That's not viewing everyone on an individual case-by-case level. And here, you know, it's the same thing. I mean, like, Trump, obviously, the Maxine Waters comment is obviously, like, beyond insane. I mean, but the left has a habit of doing this over and over again, right? I mean, um, we you can go all the way back to um, Sarah Palin and the shooting in Arizona with Gabby Giffords. I mean, you know, I mean, that was, what, 2011 or 2010? So, like, a decade ago. I mean, Golly. they've done this. I know, time really flies, right? But <laughs> the left does this over and over again. They try to make something a bigger, more national sensationalist headline than it needs to be. Can I say it also goes into the war on cops? So Mm -hmm. though this police officer made a horrible decision to do what he did and that man died in custody, but it plays into the overall war on cops. So now this one guy's actions will now besmirch the good name of every police officer out there. Already cops are up against it when it comes to their reputation in in communities. At no fault of their own, I would argue that 99.9% of all the cops out there are good cops. They are not racist. They are not out to kill young black men. But when something bad happens, and I feel horrible, this ruins the good name of cops everywhere because of one incident. And, And I'm telling you, they go into this job, they put a flag on their shoulder to keep you safe. They don't want to just go randomly killing people, but they won't believe me when I tell them that. But, but you know, I want to ask these rioters, have you been in an area in the world, a third world country, where you walk through ruins and people live in ruin and then you find out they broke the buildings? Mm. Right? I want to go to these rioters today and say, tomorrow, walk your own streets. This is where you live. Mm-hmm. And tell me, is this what you want? Mm. Because uh, no police, this is what you will have nationwide. I mean, you want to go walk in downtown L.A. I love asking Californians, is this what you want statewide? Yeah. And now you're doing it to yourself. You're looting and breaking down your own town. 
Yes, there needs to be justice for a man's life that was lost. Absolutely. But, but you're ruining mm-hmm. yeah. the own place where you live. Right. Well, and now you're making the conversation. The conversation is moved from, hey, there was really like that. What the police did was bad. Yeah. And, and one time is too many times. Right. So let's address that. Now we've completely lost that narrative, Josh. Now the narrative is, I can't believe this white cop did this to this black guy and we need justice. And now it's all about race. And we've not addressed over here what the actual issue is, which is let's sort the bad ones out from the good ones and discard them where they belong. Right, that's exactly right. And it kind of ties into what I was saying about viewing each situation as a case-by-case individual situation. Mm-hmm. Not everything has to be nationalized or universalized or made into an overarching narrative. Um, but, you know, you mentioned something that I think is just really important. Actually, you both mentioned something that's really important here. People are rational actors. Um, when they're choosing to, like, to look at what career they're going to enter into, they respond to incentives. The problem with the current like medical bureaucracy and med school and residency, like let alone socialized medicine, the train wreck that it is and always has been and always will be, is you disincentivize people from becoming doctors. You, you disincentivize the smartest minds from entering the medical profession. Similarly, the bipartisan, and it is bipartisan, it's mostly coming from the left, but there are some like, especially on the more libertarian-leaning elements of the right, there is an anti-cop and war on cops narrative that has been very prevalent for the past five, ten, maybe even longer than that years. And in the long run, what that's going to do is it will disincentivize good people from putting their lives on the line to protect us. So the war on cops is not just like a like an abstract thing. It actually has tangible results on the ground for people's day to day lives. Mm -hmm. You ask a cop if their kid will go in, if they want their son or daughter to go into policing. And by and large, almost every one of them tell you, no, I don't want my son or daughter to go into policing. That's sad. Mm, It wasn't always like that. No, no. All right. uh, We've got more coming up next, including Governor Cuomo has just uh, issued an executive order mandating masks at the same time that Fauci's like, oh, yeah, they're just symbolic. We'll get into that. Uh, First, we want to thank our sponsor, Rough Greens. So all you dog owners out there, if you are buying your dogs, the dry dog food, and you're looking at the back and you're reading the labels trying to be a really good dog owner and make sure that you are giving your dog the best Well, I got news for you. Everything that's in there, all of the good stuff, the enzymes, uh, you know, the probiotics, everything that your dog needs to live a healthy life and thrive, it's all been killed. It's all been killed when they sterilize the dog food so that it can have a really long shelf life. So you need to give your dog all of those nutrients. You need to give it back to them. That's where Rough Greens comes in. Rough Greens by Vitasmart. It's not a dog food. It's not going to replace your dog's food. It's a powder. It's a supplement. You sprinkle it on top of your dog's food and it adds all of those things back in. Vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, probiotics, omega oils, antioxidants. I'm telling you, you guys, before I found out about Rough Greens, I I am the person who takes my pets to the holistic vet. And the holistic vet had like four different things that I had to give my dog. I had the probiotics over here and I had the omega oils over here. And I had... I can do it all in one in Rough Greens. It's all in one. You don't have to give them all these separate things. And it's way, way, way more cost effective. Your dog is going to love it. Take the Rough Greens 14-day jumpstart challenge today. It's $14.95. You will see the difference in your dog in 14 days or less. If you want to see your dog thrive again, maybe you've got an older dog. uh, Maybe you've got a puppy. Whatever the case may be, this will help your dog Thrive. Go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. That is R-U-F-F greens.com slash blaze. Dr. Fauci, yesterday in an interview with CNN, uh, he talked about a couple things here to dissect. Yeah. 
First, he talked about the coming of the second wave, which he first said was inevitable. Now he says, well, it's not really inevitable. All right, a second wave. I don't really know why they even put him on television anymore. All he does (laughs) is completely contradict himself from one day to the next. Uh, my, my, My perspective is just tell us you have no idea. Right. Like I would respect you you more. I would respect your expertise more if you were willing to just say it's a novel coronavirus. We don't know anything about it. I could sit here and speculate with you, but it would be pure speculation. We don't really know anything. And I'd be like, all right, I respect that. At least you're being honest. Unless they had ill intent. And that's where they go with it. Oh, wow. So isn't that's that, right. Yeah. The, it's a healthy dose of cynicism here. Uh, so he, he brought up the second wave, not so inevitable anymore. But he also said that, um, that wearing the masks is more of a symbolic more of a symbolic measure. He said, uh, I want to protect myself and protect others by mask wearing. And also because I want to make it be a symbol for people to see that that's the kind of thing that you should be doing. What a great virtue signaler there, uh, Dr. Fauci. So at the same time that Dr. Fauci, to me, basically admitting it's a symbol it's just a, it's just to show everyone that you're a do-gooder no, uh, and you're here to protect that, your fellow citizens. That you're a liberal pansy sheep. That's what it's a symbol for. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You get people mad at you every time you say that. No, no, there it's are all conservatives PC, man. Who it's wear all about just being politically correct. Make it, uh, it's well, a well, I mean, good there movement. Are, there are people who maybe they have a lower immune system for some sure. reason. For they those have a medical people. condition. I'm talking about the healthy. Yeah. So um so he says this at the same time, Andrew Cuomo has just announced that he is signing an executive order. Uh, he said authorizing businesses to deny entry to those who do not wear masks or face coverings. No mask, no entry. There you have it. In my business, you're not allowed to wear a mask when you come in. For I'm, I'm only kidding. I don't have a storefront anymore. But if I did... I might go with that rule because I, I think this whole mask thing is ridiculous. Well, but it's not only that, but there are a couple uh, store owners. I, I think I've seen this in pawn shops. And they're like, we, actually, you're not allowed to wear a mask because we don't know if you're coming in and you're up to no good or whatever. We, we need to be able to yeah, see your yeah. face and to see who you are. We don't want anyone right, wearing masks. Sense. So, Josh, what are your thoughts? So I'm shocked that New York doesn't already have this sort of law in place, right? I mean, like in Dallas County here in Texas, uh, you know, our now infamous judge, Clay Jenkins, implemented this like a month or month and a half ago, whatever. So I'm shocked that New York is is behind Dallas County, so to speak, as far as mask draconian measures. Um, You know, look, we talked about this, I think, on a a couple of podcasts ago, Sarah, but um, Rusty Reno, the editor of First Things, the religious journal, had this kind of infamous tweet thread that led him to, to delete his Twitter account um, a week and a half, two weeks ago. And uh, I love Rusty. I love First Things. The, the tweet thread was a little, perhaps, um, hyperbolic. He was basically saying that anyone who wears a mask is a coward. Um, and, you know, I would not use that language, obviously, but... I, 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 but I, <laughs> I do it for you. He does it every show. He pisses people off. That's right. But, I, but, but I, I, I get it. I understand, obviously, what Rusty was coming from. I understand, obviously, what Grant is saying. Yeah. Um, it, 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 this whole thing has become a, a ridiculous virtue signaling enterprise. I mean, we saw the video in Staten Island 
everyone just like ganging up and shouting. And what they're doing, the people who are shouting at that person shopping, I can't remember, was it a Target? I think it was a Target. Or a supermarket? I think it was a supermarket. supermarket. Okay, yeah. but in that supermarket, the people who are shouting at that shopper, what they're doing is they're listening to Pope Fauci and listening to what's coming out of his mouth and saying it's a symbolic measure, you gotta do it or else you're not a good American. And then it leads not just to virtue signaling and preening, but it leads to public shaming. Um, and you know what? I'm actually not opposed to public shaming. Believe it or not, I actually support public executions. I, 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 neither here nor there, but I but I have always said that. They, they did it at the time of the founding. I literally support bringing them back today for, yeah. for certain heinous crimes, obviously. Like a uh, public flogging down yeah. at Clyde Warren Park here in Dallas. Yeah. You bring out a, yeah. No, I, I literally am not opposed to that. So, I, so, so, so I'm, actually, I'm actually pro-public shaming as pro as, as, pro as they come. Yeah. Um, but public shaming of this variety is, is, is pretty toxic. It's pretty bad for the culture, I would say. Especially when you consider, Yaku, that, and we talked about this, I think, last time you were on, but... You know, you've got people who may have a medical condition. There are legitimate reasons to not wear a mask, yet we're being sold this idea that you have absolutely no reason to wear a mask and we're going to publicly humiliate you if you don't. Not not even putting into perspective the fact that you may or may not have a legitimate reason. Who cares? You don't want to wear a mask. Yeah, I think what we're seeing from the left is they don't like leadership, Mm. obviously. Look at the guy who's leading them. They don't like true leadership. And anybody that's willing to stand up and think for themselves and say, listen, I don't want CO2 poisoning by wearing a mask for 12 hours a day. Um, I'm not sick. It doesn't make any sense. Anybody that's willing to take a stand like you do, and I stand with you, you. and say, look, I'm not going to be a sheep following the crowd. I'm actually going to think for myself, do my own research. And oh, by the way, when the CDC doesn't agree and Fauci doesn't agree with the governor, it's flip-flopping every day. The, the inconsistency is through the roof. I'm going to make up my own mind, and I don't wear a mask. You know, my mother drove from Tennessee to Texas after I volunteered to buy her a, a plane ticket. And she said, I will not put a mask on my face. I'll drive 12 hours. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's a champion, right? And so individuality is still important. We still need to think for ourselves. And I think Americans, this, some can actually do that. But the masses and the media and the left don't want that. They don't want you to think, right. Sarah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thinking is overrated to that camp. Right. Mm-hmm. They will think for you. Mm-hmm. Can I just ask, if you social distance six feet, yeah. then why do you need a mask? That's a good question. Why do you need a mask so, when you so, drive in your car by yourself? Well, you, or riding your bicycle I said, without a helmet. It's what I saw two people doing in Miami last yeah. weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Your point is so important, though, because yeah. gr- groupthink is here, there, and everywhere, the gateway drug to leftism. Absolutely. And it, it's always been that way. And, you know, the problem with so many people on, on, on the broader right who have, like, very easily bought into kind of the Fauci-Burks narrative, you know, like the, the doomsday folks, um, we've lost our ability to think for ourselves. And, and a lot of self-professed conservatives have proven that they, too, are too willing to fall into groupthink. Yeah. Well, especially when you have, just as a a final point, Grant, you've got uh, Clay Jenkins, who, Josh, you brought up. I can't stand him. Everyone in Dallas County, you better get him out of there (laughs) next go around. okay? Uh, But he, whenever he's defending his mask mandate, his policy, and he always throws in these words like, well, I, I just believe in the science. And it's like everyone just takes him at his word. Oh, well, the science science? shows that. What science are you talking about? Because if you look at it, there is enough science to conflict with, you know, Mm -hmm. this the masks doing anything. I'm not saying I know the right answer, clear cut 110 percent. But there's enough out there to show that. 
people have a valid reason to say, you know what, I've weighed the pros and the cons of wearing a mask. I've personally decided it's not for me. It doesn't mean you want to kill people or yourself. That's what I don't no, get, Grant. Exactly. You, you don't it, have a it, death wish. You, you know, on, honestly, if I was in a situation, like I did fly on an airplane and I did put my mask on because I'm also not going to make people feel uncomfortable. If it really makes them feel so uncomfortable, I'm a decent human being. I'm not going to make them feel so uncomfortable I'm not wearing my mask. But I talked to two guys sitting with me on the plane and are you wearing your mask? No, I, do you mind if I don't wear my mask? No. Yeah. Mask comes off. Yeah. Okay. Because we don't want to do it. So the science is not there, by the way. They know that this Never virus been. has been heavy. It's, they're finding it on the floor more than anything else, which means it's falling very quickly to the ground. People are, you, walk, people are walking around in parks with their masks on. Mm-hmm. It's not floating around in the air. You're going to breathe it in. And I swear, I think really people believe that. People believe they're wearing the mask to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. When I guess the idea is to protect others, but again, it gets back to your social no, they distancing. They absolutely it believe no it's to protect themselves. Right? Well, but, but, and, and then the argument is you can contract it through, any more, through your eyes. I see guys wearing masks on a golf course. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's like we're playing like we're playing hooky in the golf course here. We're hiding from one another like there's, like there's a virus that's hunting you. I saw the study about it comes through the eyes. So I was figuring liberals could just put the blinders on. They already walk around with <laughs> they, blinders yeah, on. They're, <laughs> they're going to be great with it. <laughs> Imagine <All right>. Pelosi. <laughs> we got to take a break. But Ninja first, Turtle. We want to... <laughs> We want to thank our sponsor, uh, Omega XL. So if you are one of many Americans who maybe you just reached that certain age where you just live kind of in pain uh, all the time, I know I feel it when I get out of bed. I'm like, hey, all right, I'm that age now. Uh, Well, Omega XL is a natural supplement designed to reduce joint pain and inflammation. A lot of times you don't realize the inflammation in your body is the root cause of a lot of your pain, back pain, neck pain, arthritis, stiffness. Uh, you could mask it maybe with, you know, uh, topical cream, stuff like that. But you're just masking it. You're not actually treating the problem. Omega XL goes right to the root of it, which is the inflammation. Uh, it's very, very powerful. It is a fatty acid combination from the, I love that they have this on their bottle, the pristine waters of New Zealand. It does not get better than that. It is very highly concentrated. There's nothing like it in the world. Uh, You can go to OmegaXL.com slash news. If you order now, you will get a second bottle for free. It's a great deal. you got to take advantage of it. If you are one of many Americans in pain, I'm telling you, it is life-changing to get out of daily pain. OmegaXL.com slash news. Get that second bottle for free right now. OmegaXL.com slash news. So uh, as of the time of this taping, President Trump just now apparently signing the executive order uh, targeting social media companies. Now, all we know right now, we, uh, you know, we'll have the, the odds and ends for you tomorrow. But all we know right now is that the draft that was circulating today uh, showed that the president would ask the FCC to review whether there should be limitations to tech platforms immunity from liability over third party content on their sites. This, of course, is relating to Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, uh, which shields platforms from liability as opposed to them being publishers. Uh, Grant, what do you think? Well, I'm, I'm a big free market guy. And so, and I'm also a big First Amendment guy. And so my biggest fear is what happens if, God forbid, Joe Biden win, wins and now he wants to go after the blaze. Mm-hmm. Now he wants to go after Newsmax, where I work. Now he wants to go after any podcaster that has a different view of him. And we're going to send the FCC in to look and see. It's not a good idea. None of this is. If you don't like what Facebook and Twitter are doing, go find another place. Hey, there's a place called Parlor. 
that works. I just got on it, and it's a, it's a an alternative to to Facebook and Twitter and the and the other ones. Free markets, man, they always work these situations out. Yeah, Josh. So I'm in these. I'm a skeptic of big tech companies. I'm actually very supportive of Section 230 uh, amending, if not out repealing. I mean, when Senator Hawley in Missouri was doing this last year, Senator Cruz of Texas quickly joined him. I was, I was and continue to be very supportive of those legislative efforts. My concern, and we, you know, we're doing this in real time. We don't have all the information in front of us. My concern is, can he actually do this by executive, executive order? order? Um, right. you, you, as a basic matter of constitutional law here. You mm-hmm. cannot amend a statute by executive order. So I don't know exactly what this, is, what this executive order reads like. I suspect there's going to be a lot of analysis over this over the past week, so we'll have to kind of do it in, in real time. Um, if he's doing it within his legal capacity to tweak around the edges and get closer to what I would prefer to be an ideal policy, that's fine. If he's purporting to just nullify a statute uh, by unilateral decree, uh, you can't do that. So I'm going to call party foul if that's actually what he's trying to do. Yeah, yep. yeah I think well said. Look, I'm, I'm a little torn with this because in one of our fights we fight you know human trafficking so much of it happens on these platforms and i've asked for years we needed to have some reform but i have always on the record said the onus falls on the company Mm -hmm. they need to be more responsible with their platforms and they need to work on an internal code of ethics here and and understand their position in society and not slant it politically right or left but i'm not for federally censoring media you can't, because uh, to your point, that's a slippery slope. Where do you end up, right? You, it's almost like what happened with the impeachment. You open that Komodo, and now what happens? You know, you want to go after anybody for anything. Something needs to happen, though. You know, and uh, look, my naive outcry to a Facebook, to a Zuckerberg, for instance, is, dude, write algorithms that will protect children, or internally go and say we're going to be fair and balanced. This right. is what we're going to be. Yeah. We're going to let everybody speak for themselves, and we're not going to censor regardless. Mm-hmm. I, I would hope that that's the case. Evidently, it's not. I've been censored. Mm-hmm. I've been censored on Facebook. I've been censored yeah. on some things. So, so It seems like Facebook overall is doing a better job than Twitter and Google are uh, yes. of these big tech companies. Now. Yeah, and now they are. Yeah. Right. Yes. It, it, it took, it took, took them a long a time to get there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. took a lot of heat. You know? And Zuckerberg went in front of Congress as well. Yeah. You know I mean? Marshall no, they've Blackboard. got this review board yeah. that's filled with hardcore left-wing extremists, not even liberals, extremists. <laughs> I don't have much faith in Facebook either. So I, I will say quickly, you're, you're right. They, they, it's mostly leftist. They do have one, I think it might be a Cato-affiliated libertarian guy, and then they have one former federal judge, Michael McConnell, who's a very, very, very rock-solid conservative guy. Mm-hmm. So, But it, you're right, it's mostly left-leaning yeah. for sure. Uh, I, and I also, just to throw in my take really quickly in this, I uh, just would like to remind everyone that Elizabeth Warren was very, very, very for, she was pro-government regulation uh, into big tech. Just want to just want to let you guys know that. Just want to remind you of that because I think sometimes we forget. All right, back to the markets. Free markets. Right. I'm like, I mean, you can't because because where do you go after the I fact? Know. Because they'll go, oh, Trump did it. He started it. Right. Yesterday's very scientific poll, which, quote, celebrity has the biggest case of tedious. Wow, Robert De Niro won this one. Who would have known? Dark horse swooping in. I agree with that They're one. Really? Yeah. 36%. Kathy Griffin hmm. almost. He nudged her out barely by 0.1%. Kathy Griffin got 36.2, followed by Alyssa Milano, 23.5, almost 24%. And Bette Midler coming in at 4%. Interesting. I think they I I personally hope that they all get help soon is the main takeaway from this. The uh, other three aren't celebrities. Well, that's why it was celebrity. Right. Which exactly. celebrity. You know, Alyssa wanted to win that one. 
she, she wants she, she, she just wants to be win. relevant. She yeah. just wants to win anything at this point. Uh, all right. Today's poll. Will President Trump imposing regulations on social media companies ultimately help or hurt the conservative movement? Huh? Feels like we just had that conversation here at the table, um, but I'm going to go around anyway very quickly. Get your thoughts. Will it help or hurt the conservative movement? Help or hurt? Neither. It will not do anything. Okay. Josh? Yeah, not a huge impact, but err on the side of mildly helping. Okay. Yaku? I, I, I don't think it do, does think much. I don't it think it do does much. much. I don't think it moves the needle, really, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. on the conservative movement. All right. Well, you've heard it from the table. Let us know your thoughts. You can go to The Blaze's Twitter. I know some of you had some confusion. We've got a couple different Blaze accounts. It is at The Blaze. That's where you go to take the poll. We appreciate your interest in the poll, though. I love it. I'm like, gosh, you guys really want to take this poll. That's where you can find it. Thanks, gentlemen, for being here. Of course. Thank you. Thank you.